Well, good morning. Good morning. It's good to see everybody that's here this morning. Uh, good to be out even on a rainy Sunday morning. Uh, best place in the, in the world to be in church. Uh, on Sunday morning, no matter what the weather uh, is like. I want to welcome those of you who are joining us from home, whether you're there on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe, to like us, uh, to heart uh, the posts there. Uh, be sure to uh, click the subscription there on YouTube, as well as click the notification bell. That way you'll get the notification every time we go live. If you follow us on Facebook, uh, you'll get the same thing uh, there. And then welcome to those who are joining with us on our phone live streaming. Uh, we, we, there's a great ministry that we have there uh, that people who don't have the internet can use, uh, but we don't publicize our phone number because we used to get a lot of telemarketers who were using that number and we have to pay for every minute that, that uh, comes through. And so uh, we just want to encourage you, if you need that number, call the church office or see me after the service, and I'll be glad to give you that number uh, so that you can use that service that we have. Uh, if you are at home, let me just encourage you also to go to the website at highlandbaptistchurch.com. It's under the info tab there that you can download today's worship bulletin. A lot of upcoming activities uh, that are upcoming, and, and uh, February is a little bit slower, uh, but March really picks up again too. But we've got a lot of things between now uh, and, the, and the very beginning there uh, as we get closer to Valentine's Day. So be sure to pick up one of those. I think Pastor Matt's probably going to share some things at the end of the service uh, along with our chili cook-off thing that's uh, coming up, uh, some new things along with that. Uh, so be sure to get that downloaded. The bulletins are in the windowsills if you need one or our ushers will be glad to come and give you one if you're here in person. Don't forget we have our children's worship bulletins also for ages three and up and ages seven and up. Those are in the windowsill to my right. Be sure to pick up one of those if you want it. If you plan to send your children to, to uh, Children's Church, uh, be sure if you're a guest to go with them the first time. Uh, and even if you're not one of our guests, to make sure you've signed uh, the sign-in sheet that's out here on the stand in the hallway. Uh, and that way also when you pick your kids up, you'll sign them out. Uh, that's just kind of a security thing that we like to do. So be sure to go with your children uh, and do that if you've not done that uh, already. And then while you're there on the church website under the info tab, download the, work, the prayer list. There are a lot of things that are going on with individuals who need prayer, and you'll hear some of those announcements at the end of some uh, new updates. So be sure to be praying for those individuals. Get that list downloaded and uplift them in prayer. But good to see everybody that's here this morning. Looking forward to a wonderful worship service this morning. The choir is going to be singing a special this morning, so you be in prayer for us uh, with that also. Brother Mike, if you'll come. Morning all. Uh, first song this morning, uh, John 3.15 from the NIV says, Everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. The name of the song is Whosoever Will. You may not be familiar with that song. Um, you may have heard it, but it was written in 1838. There's no excuse. So sing with us and, 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 and stand with us and stand with the choir as we sing Whosoever Will. Ladies. Father calls the wanderer home, whosoever will. 
As you notice, our missionaries of the week that we're emphasizing are Dustin and Danielle Lee. They are actually serving in the Atlanta area. And you don't always think about our North American missionaries serving in places in the South. We seem to have a lot of churches, but uh, there are many places that are growing exponentially. People from other places are moving there, and there's always the need for new churches. And so uh, they have planted City View Church, uh, which is on the northwest side of Atlanta, not far from where the Atlanta Braves play. Woohoo! <laughs> and so um, they are doing a great work there, doing a lot of activities and, and outreach events, uh, trying to reach the those young professionals in their 20s and 30s and varying careers there uh, that are hungry for the gospel. Uh, and so we want to uplift them in prayer. Don't forget that every Sunday when you give of your tithes and your offerings, a portion of our offerings are going to support those missionaries uh, on the field as well as we have a couple of special offerings uh, throughout the year. We have our, our Annie Armstrong Easter offering that's going to be coming up that supports our North American missionaries. And then we also have our Lottie Moon Christmas offering that supports the international missionaries. And then we have our golden offering for Tennessee missions. So we cover the bases with all of our offerings and helping to support those. But every Sunday you give, uh, you're supporting those missionaries. So let's go to the Lord in prayer, praying for Dustin and Danielle Lee as they serve there in the Atlanta metro area. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the blessings that you give us each and every day. And we know, Lord, that the blessings that you have given us are not just for us. They for, are for us to be a blessing to others. And we just pray, God, that you would be with Dustin and Danielle Lee as we uplift them as our missionaries of the week. You know the work they are doing there on the northwest uh, side of Atlanta and the suburbs there. We pray, God, that you will use the events that they are doing, the outreach things that they are reaching out to people in their community uh, and sharing the gospel. Help them, Lord, to, to see the opportunities and to make you of, of the opportunities that come across their path to share the good news of the gospel with Jesus Christ. Bless them, Lord. Protect them. Keep them safe. Lord, we just pray that you would open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon them and their, uh, their church there at City View Church, uh, that you would just bless them in such a powerful way uh, as they seek to reach those who are lost. And Father, we pray for all of our missionaries, whether they are across North America or around the world, we pray that you would place a hedge of protection about them. Lord, that you would use us uh, to provide for their needs and for the needs of the ministry and sending the gospel forth that where we may not be able to go personally, uh, you've called individuals individuals who have answered that call uh, to go to those places. And so, Father, we just pray that you would bless them uh, in all of their endeavors. Bless many of our missionaries uh, as they are meeting this morning in worship services all around this world. And we just pray, God, that you will uh, bring many people to faith in Christ and disciple those believers to be faithful in their walk with you. So bless us this morning, God, as a church. Lord, we know sometimes we come with burdens and cares and, and, and heavy weights upon us. Lord, I pray that we would uh, come and lay those at the foot of the cross and that we would hear your voice speaking to us. May your Holy Spirit uh, just begin to do a powerful work in our lives that if there are those who are here or those who may be watching online who don't know Jesus as their Lord and their Savior, may they come today uh, to trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So have your way and your will in this service. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.
Uh, let me just remind you also uh, with our offering, you have offering envelopes in the bulletins, I mean in the holders in front of you in the pews. There are some in the holders on the walls uh, back here in, in the windowsills here. Uh, but be sure to do that. If you want to do that online, you can. Go to our church website at HighlandBaptistChurch.com. Go to the far right-hand side. Click the Give Online tab. Easy platform there uh, that's set up for you to be able to do that. You can do that from here. You can do that from home. So we encourage you to do that. Two quick things that I want to mention in the way of any kind of announcements uh, is we still have some Christmas cards that people have not picked up. You may be thinking, I didn't get any Christmas cards. You're probably the person that needs to pick up some Christmas cards. Uh, most of the ones who thought about it probably went and picked theirs up. But there's quite a few uh, that are back here on the table. Be sure to stop by there. I'm going to try to grab a few to catch a few people that I know uh, who tend to go out that door out there. If you to go out that door out there, you usually don't go by that table. So be sure to uh, go by that table if you can. Uh, and then also it was on our scrolling announcements at the beginning, uh, it said that our church council meeting was February the 4th, and the bulletin is correct. Uh, it's February the 11th, Saturday, February the 11th. So just wanted to make that clarification if you saw that scrolling uh, on the scrolling announcements. It's in your bulletin, and it is correct uh, in your bulletin. So Brother Mike.
Will you pray for our choir as we sing this morning? We're singing Glorious Day, and we hope it is a glorious day for you that you have victory in Jesus also.
came out of that grave. Amen. <laughs> Stand with us now as we sing 301. I am resolved. Children's Church will be gathering over here during this song. And uh, y'all stand with us as we sing I Am Resolved. Ladies. <laughs> Take your Bibles this morning, if you will, and turn to Matthew's Gospel, to Matthew chapter 19 and verse 13 down through verse 30. If you've been here with us, you know that we're going through uh, the life of Jesus. If you've not, it's a great time. 
uh, to get in on our study here. We've been going for quite a few weeks and months through the life of Jesus. We're trying to go as best you can chronologically uh, through the events that happen leading up to the resurrection and the ascension. And so we're a little more than halfway there. Most of the Gospels cover uh, those last few uh, months of Jesus' life. And so uh, that's where we're fixing to head to. We know that at this point in Jesus' ministry, he's on his way to Jerusalem. But there's still some things he's teaching people along the way. Miracles that we're going to see that he's going to perform uh, still. And we find this morning this individual who comes to Jesus and, and gets this answer from Jesus that I've given the title of our message this morning to be, One Thing You Still Lack. And I want you to see what that one thing is to make sure you're not missing that and that if you do know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that you're sharing that with other individuals. So Matthew chapter 19, uh, we're going to begin with verse uh, 13 through verse 15, and then we'll uh, pick up in just a moment with verse 16. So let's stand as we read God's Word in honor of His Word. Then children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked the people, but Jesus said, Let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and went away. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for the passage this morning and what you're about to teach us uh, through this following verses that we're going to be looking at. And I pray, Lord, that as we looked at these verses last week on, on the importance and the priority that you have on children, uh, Lord, we think about that and even think about so many, uh, even of us who are adults, that we came to faith uh, in Jesus when we were children, when we were in our youth ages. And Father, I just pray that you would stir our hearts even this morning, uh, that no matter what age we are or stage we are, in life, uh, no matter what uh, position or economic place we have in society or, or the socioeconomic uh, levels, Father, I pray that we will hear your voice speaking to our hearts that you love us and you care for us enough to not leave us in our sin, but you made a way for us to come to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone. So bless your word this morning and may it go forth and not return void. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. And you can be seated. Well, as you know, when we read those verses there, that's the passage uh, that we preached on last time in, Luke, in Mark's gospel and in Matthew's uh, gospel also that we moved over to. Uh, but this section here of Matthew's gospel contains several stories, several events that at first seem completely separated, if you will, from one another, at least on the surface. After all, you think about it. Here's these verses we just read about children. Uh, we're going to read about rich people in the these next few verses, workers in the vineyard and, and Jesus' prediction of his own death and resurrection, a mother's request for her son's future reward, and, and the healing of two blind men. What do all those things have to do with one another? Because one of the things we need to realize is, is things are not in the Scripture in the order that they're in uh, by mistake. Matthew puts things in a certain order because he has an emphasis that he's presenting about who Jesus is, uh, the same way with Luke and Mark and John. 
And so John doesn't cover a lot of Jesus' life and ministry. John covers really about that last month and, and especially the last week of Jesus' life on this earth. And so each one has their own focus and their own purpose of presenting who Jesus is. And so you might be surprised when you're reading through these stories, what do they have to do with one another? Well, among the various truths that we can learn and glean from these stories, there stands one overarching truth that we see in these verses that is foundational throughout Scripture and that is crucial to the entire Christian life. The overarching truth that runs through Matthew chapter 19, verse 13, down through chapter 20 and verse 24, is that salvation is a free gift of divine mercy that is totally without any regard to our human merit, to what we deserve or don't deserve. Salvation, we learn in these verses, is impossible without the mercy of God. And so each one of these uh, first three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, uh, and Luke, tells this story that we're going to look at beginning in verse 16 about this rich young man who preceded who by the story here of Jesus gathering children around himself. You see that in Luke, Mark chapter 10 and Luke chapter 18. And there's clearly a reason why these stories are back to back. Because in the one story, Jesus is telling his disciples, let the little children come to me. He's receiving the children because they are coming with a heart of humility. But on the other hand, we see that Jesus rejects another man, this rich man, uh, to our surprise. Uh, we see that in, in his story because he's coming with the wrong kind of heart. He's not coming with a heart of humility. He's coming with a heart of, of pride, uh, of better than others. And, and so uh, when you consider this from the perspective of the disciples, Jesus received uh, those whom the disciples thought he should reject, the children, and he rejects the one that they think, well, this man is rich. Obviously, it must be because he's living right. God's blessing him. And so they thought this man should be the one who's received. And so Jesus receives, we see first in the story from last week, the humble. Uh, we saw that truth uh, when Jesus says in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 4, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You know, children are a living illustration of the humility that ought to characterize uh, the life of, of followers of Jesus Christ. But we come to verse 14, and Jesus warns the disciples that children do not need to be prevented from coming to him. That was totally foreign, as we saw last week, uh, to their concept. Children were on the lower rungs of society, uh, along with women and along with slaves. It were men who were, who were the most important in that society and in that day. And so it was contrary to them. And so when he brings children into his presence to lay hands on them and says, don't you stop children from coming, I want to say to us as the church this morning, that ought to be one of our priorities, is reaching out uh, to, to families with children, reaching out to children. Uh, because if you'll think about it, most of us who are here this morning came to faith in Christ when we were in those, those children ages and teenage uh, years, we came to faith in Christ. Some uh, came later, but the vast majority of, across Christendom came during those times. And so we ought to have an emphasis on ministry uh, to children. 
The, the kingdom belongs to the humble, uh, not to the high and mighty, not to the proud. So let me give you a backdrop for the rest of this story about this young man uh, who is kind of interesting. Uh, so let's just read verse 16 uh, first, and, and we'll just read a little portion of it here to begin with, and then we'll lay that backdrop for you. It says in verse 16, And behold, a man came up to him. That's all the description we get in Matthew's gospel of this man. But we find out from some of the other Gospels, uh, we, we talk about this man here. He came at the right time. He asks the right question. He gets the right answer. And yet, he did the wrong thing and wound up basically uh, ruining his life spiritually. Now, I can tell you in three words who this young man was, and, and you'll know him because we, we use uh, some words to describe him. Uh, he, he's called the, the rich young ruler. Uh, that's the way we describe him. It's interesting uh, that he's never called that in the Bible, but that's what we call him. All three Gospels that record the story, Matthew, Mark, Luke, uh, call him wealthy, so we know he was rich. Matthew calls him young, so we know he was young. Luke tells us he's a ruler, uh, thus a rich young ruler. You think about what we would describe him today as. Hey, he would be the guy who would, who would show up wearing Italian shoes, a, a tailored suit, a Rolex watch, uh, money invested in, in all kinds of blue chip stocks, carries only platinum credit cards, drives a Lamborghini, flies his own private jet. He is rich. He is filthy, wealthy, has all kinds of money uh, at his disposal. That would be the kind of lifestyle that this guy would live. He was young. But whenever the word young is used in the Bible, that's kind of relative. It, it even is today. And the older you get when you hear somebody being young, it gets more relative there. But it usually describes somebody under the age of 40 in the Bible. This guy's probably in his early 20s. Uh, he, he has his whole life ahead of him. He's a ruler, which means he was something like a magistrate or maybe he was uh, religiously worked in the office of the high priest. But at least we know that this, uh, this guy was rich. He had all the money that he needed. He was respected. He was looked up to. Everybody admired this guy. He was righteous. I mean, he was crossing every T, dotting every I. Uh, how does a guy like that, who's got everything going for him, become the biggest loser? How can a guy that's, that's got the money, he's got the looks, he's got the friends, he's got the influence, he's got everything that this world wants in life today, how can a guy like that become the biggest loser? Because the most important thing that you'll ever have in this life is something that he finally learns you can't buy with money, you can't get with influence, you can't attract with your personality, and you can't achieve it on your own. He failed to realize this central truth about how to have a relationship with God, and this is it. To go up, you have to give up. He didn't understand that sacrifice is the key to having a relationship with Jesus Christ. The sad thing we're going to see about this story is this guy uh, who becomes this biggest loser could have been the biggest winner. 
Because the good news is, is that when it comes to the game of life, in a sense, everybody can be a winner. Life's not like the lottery where only one person wins and, and everybody else loses out. Uh, what we see here is, is that there are some simple steps that, that we're going to learn about uh, on how to win in this life, how to become to the end of your life and, and go out a winner. So we're going to see this guy takes the first two steps. And if he would have just taken the third step, we would be reading a whole different story. But he doesn't. And because of that, he doesn't wind up winning in life. He doesn't win up the big, wind up the biggest winner. He winds up the biggest loser. So what are those steps that we need to take? First is to desire the gift of eternal life. Desire the gift of eternal life. Now, Jesus went towards a lot of people that nobody else wanted to encounter. Uh, the, the failures, the rejects, the desperate, the losers. But this guy, both financially and spiritually, he could have had it all. And yet he winds up with nothing. This man runs up to Jesus, and let's pick up here in verse 16 and read what else it says. Behold, this man came up to him saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. Now we'll stop right there for just a moment. We'll look at the question that he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life. Understand this, this rich young ruler guy, he's not, a, he's not ashamed for anybody to hear his conversation. Uh, in fact, he comes up to Jesus. The other Gospels tell us that he kneels before Jesus. He kneels before Jesus, and, and everybody's seeing this, and everybody's hearing him, and, and everybody knew who this man was. And they're thinking, wait a second, Jesus is a carpenter, you're a ruler what do, you, what do you need him for? Uh, think about it. They're saying, wait a minute, your management, he's labor. What are you kneeling at his feet for? Everyone is kind of murmuring that, that that's the kind of guy we want our daughters to marry. But what in the world is he doing kneeling before the feet of Jesus? Why was this guy so desperate? Why was he so adamant? Why was he so determined that he was going to talk to Jesus? Because there was this burning question in his heart that he knew only Jesus could answer. This young man wanted eternal life with all of the wealth and the good looks and the, and the health and all the things that he had, all the good fortune and all the respect that he had. He had all those things... And, and he said, there's got to be more to life than what I'm experiencing. Understand that. You could have everything this world has to offer, but if you don't have Jesus, you're still missing out. And, and so he, he's thinking, everybody thinks I'm so full on the outside, but I'm really empty on the inside. You can look at most wealthy people, and there's a lot of wealthy people who have a lot of things that this world has to offer, but they're still empty on the inside. They've been trying to fill that void in their life with the things of this world, but it'll never fill that empty void in their life. And so he's thinking, when I look at my life, I realize there's a piece of the puzzle that's missing. He's enjoying a tremendous social life, but he doesn't have eternal life. And so he comes and asks this question 
of Jesus. Now, this man probably had heard about Jesus. He may have even went to hear Jesus speak. He, he probably saw a man who could raise the dead, a man who could walk on water, who, who could feed thousands with a few loaves of uh, bread and fishes. Uh, and, and he saw a man who, who could give the blind their sight, who could give hearing to the deaf, make the lame to walk. He heard all the stories. He probably had seen some of the miracles. But when understand this. When you go to talk to Jesus about the kingdom of God, you better make sure that you're in the kingdom of God. And so this young man, who maybe even had been friends of Nicodemus, you remember Nicodemus? Nicodemus may have had some conversations with him. Somebody else may have. And, and yet this, this man, uh, they had maybe told him about Jesus, and, and this man named Jesus had said, if you're not born again, then you won't get into the kingdom of God. Uh, I won't ever, you won't ever set eyes on it. And so this man probably began to think, I've got to know what that is. I've got to know how to have eternal life. Uh, Daniel Webster, the historian, uh, was once asked this question, what is the greatest thought that has ever passed through your mind? And his answer was this, the greatest thought that's ever passed through my mind is that one day I'm going to have to stand before God and give a personal account of my life to God. And that's true for every one of us. Every one of us is going to have to stand before the God who created this universe that made you and made me, and no one else is going to be there for you or with you. It's just going to be God and you, and you're going to have to give an account of your life before God. And this young man probably woke up one morning and said, one of these days I'm going to have to meet God, and I'm going to have to give an account of my life. And I want to make sure that when I leave this world, I leave it right. And I want to make sure that I spend eternity where I want to spend eternity. I want to spend eternity in heaven. I mean, if you were to ask the question here this morning, who wants to be in heaven when they die? Most everybody would raise their hand. You could ask this world uh, where they want to be or where they think they're going when they die. And most would say they're going to a good place. They're going to heaven uh, if they believe in, in some e eternal life. And so here's this young man who wants to spend eternity where he wants to spend eternity. And so when he asked Jesus what he must do to inherit eternal life, notice how Jesus answers in verse 18. So he said, he told him, uh, if, if you, there, he said, that, uh, if you would enter life, keep the commandments at the end of verse 17. Verse 18, he says to him, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now that wasn't the response that this guy was expecting. Jesus was really saying to this man, you need to understand who you're talking to. You remember what he said back in verse 17? He said, why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who's good. In other words... Who do you really think I am? Because there's only one that's good, and you're calling me good, so you either believe that I'm good, that I'm God, uh, or, or not. And so that's what he was basically saying to him. He says, either I'm good, uh, I'm not good, or I'm God. And so he asks the question, and Jesus gives the answer that the man is expecting. He says, do all these things. Do these commandments, if you keep all the commandments. That's what he says in verse 19, uh, and even going down through verse 20. Notice what the young man says to him. He says, all these have I, I have kept, what do I still lack? He's feeling good after Jesus says this. 
He's, he's feeling good because to him, the commandments were like this list of badges, if you will, that he had accumulated. He said, I've kept all those commandments. I'm not just a boy scout. I'm an eagle scout. I've kept all those. He's probably got his chest out wanting to puff out to, to show the medals that he's achieved. He's probably uh, smiling from ear to ear. He's expecting Jesus to, to give him a, a, an attaboy or a standing ovation or, or congratulate him and say, you've arrived then. You've achieved everything. You've got no worries. Go your merry way. But Jesus was just getting him ready for the second step. Here's the second step. Determine the cost of eternal life. Determine the cost of eternal life. Now, Jesus tells him what the cost is. So the young man had said, all these I have kept, what do I still lack? And then verse 21, Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go, sell what you possess, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. Now, it sounds like when Jesus gives his answers to this young man, that Jesus is telling him that if you keep all the commandments, that you can have eternal life. And, and his answer is true. Because if anybody could keep all the commandments and never sin, they would be sinless, they would be perfect, and they would have eternal life. But no one has ever done that. No one ever has, and no one ever will except for Jesus. 99.9% .9 just don't get it. It's not just what you do, it's what you think, and it's not doing what you should have done, but things that you even didn't do. If you broke one commandment, the Bible says, it's like you broke them all. And so Mark's gospel says that, that Jesus, looking at him, loved him. It's always good to have those different perspectives from each one of the Gospels because Mark makes that emphasis to show that when Jesus is speaking to him, Jesus isn't speaking to him out of some uh, anger or some piousness here. He's speaking to this man out of love. I love you, young man. I want you to be there in heaven with me forever. He's looking at this man with love. This man was serious and sincere, and Jesus loved him enough to tell him the truth. He says, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess, give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. So the question when you read those verses there, that verse in particular, was Jesus teaching that generosity is the way to get to heaven? Was Jesus teaching that, that everybody's got to go home, sell everything you have, give everything away, and only then can you follow Jesus, and only then can you have eternal life? Is that what Jesus is teaching? Absolutely not. Jesus is getting at the heart of the issue when he lists those six commandments uh, that he lists. Those were at the bottom of the Ten Commandments, not at the top. The bottom six dealt with, with your horizontal relationship with each other. Don't steal, don't kill, uh, honor your mother and your father. It had to do with all those things that you do towards other, others. Love your neighbor as yourself. But the top four of the Ten Commandments deal with our relationship vertically with God. And, and this young man was saying, I'm a good neighbor. I'm a good friend. I don't steal. I don't murder. I've kept all those commandments. And what Jesus is saying is, is, what about those first commandments? 
What about those first four? You see, there is a cost to eternal life. You've got to give all that you are to all that he is. To go up, you've got to give up. And this young man is now at a crossroads. He's taken the first step. He's taken the second step. He knows what the cost is now. But what about the third step? Decide to pay the price for eternal life. Look on to verse 22. Verse 22 says, When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, who then can be saved? Because get the picture here. They were thinking this wealth, this wealth of this man, the prestige and the, the position of this man is what indicated this man surely is going to heaven. Surely he's going to be with God in eternity. And so they're thinking, who then can be saved? Verse 26. But Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Then Peter said in reply, See, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? So Peter starts to think, hmm, We've done those things and we left and we followed you. So what about us? Does that mean we're, we're up here and everybody else is down here? Surely that's what it means because we're closer to you than everybody else is. And Jesus says to them in verse 28, Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last. And the last first. So notice the fact about this rich man. He went away disheartened, feeling confused. This guy is rich. Think about it. You don't go away sad because you're rich. You go away sad because you're driving a beater. Why would walking away with all these riches make him sad? Here's why. Because this man had come face to face with the realization that what he owned really owned him. Remember, this man came to Jesus because even though he had kept the law on the outside, he knew something was still wrong on the inside. And he comes face to face with the fact that his money was his master. Gold was his God. Silver was his Savior. And what Jesus was saying is, if you want God in your heart, you've got to give your heart to God not to all these things. There's a story about some Christian fighters who had captured Jerusalem during the First Crusade. Uh, pilgrims from all over the Western Europe had begun visiting the Holy Land, and around A.D. 1100, a French knight formed an organization called the Knights Templar. Uh, their job was to protect those pilgrims during their visit, and when the knights were baptized by the church, they brought their swords with them. 
But the knights, they didn't take their swords underwater with them. So when they were baptized by immersion, instead they, they held their swords out of the water as they were immersed in the water. They were saying to Jesus, in essence, you can have control of all of me except this one part. I'm all yours except for when I'm out on the battlefield. All that I have is yours except the sword. When you think about it today, there are so many who come and make a profession with their lips to faith in Christ. They come down the aisle, they go through the waters of baptism, but it's like they're holding something else above the water, saying, you can have all of me except this. Maybe it's your pride. Maybe it's power. Maybe it's prestige. Maybe it's possessions. And you say, Lord, you can have all of me except this. Maybe it's your car. Maybe it's your home. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's grudges. Jesus is telling us that to get to heaven, you can do everything good that there is to do. You can have everything this world has to offer, the power, the prestige, the possessions. But there's still one thing you lack. It's the free gift of salvation. That means you give up everything you have and everything you are to all that he is. And so some are at a crossroads here this morning. You're at a crossroads, and only when you surrender everything to Jesus can you avoid being the biggest loser and let him transform you into a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. You may be here this morning even though as a believer, and somewhere along the way, the, the things of this world have been dangled in front of you, and you've begun to think, and you've begun to practice in your life as if those things are more important than eternity in heaven. And you're focused on the things of this world, and you're saying to God, even now as a believer, Lord, i got to hold on to this. Surely you don't want me to let this go. Whatever it might be, it might be family. It might be those possessions. Whatever it is, you've got to surrender everything to the Lord to follow him and to spend eternity in heaven. I want to implore you this morning, if you're here or you're watching online and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, know this, you'll never get there through riches. You'll never get there through keeping all the laws. Because understand, you'll never be able to do it. You'll always fail. You'll build up this house of, uh, of structure that you're building up, all these walls around you of things that you're doing good, and then that one sin you do demolishes it all. Because when you fail in one, you failed in, failed in all. But understand this, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Because he sent his son Jesus, who lived that perfect sinless life in your place, in your behalf, so that you could have eternal life. Would you trust in him this morning? Let's go to him in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you. There are many of us here, Lord, who we've already made this step in our life. 
we surrendered our heart and our life to you and we have Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. But Lord, even as a believer, sometimes we get so enamored and so consumed with the things of this world that we forget what is most important. And we're not as faithful as we should be. We're not as faithful in coming to church. We're not as faithful in, in, in being involved in Bible study or Sunday school or, or, or spending time daily reading your word and in prayer. We're not, we're not faithful in sharing with others the good news of the gospel because we're so concerned and so consumed with the things of this world. God, forgive us. Lord, I pray this morning that as believers we would come to this place and recognize that in our lives and not come like this rich man did who hears all of these things and then turns and walks away because riches had him rather than him having riches. Lord, we know from the scriptures that money is not the root of all evil. Money in and of itself is a resource that you give to us to be good stewards of. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil. It's what we have in our heart. And so, Father, I pray that if we look at our hearts this morning and we're, we see that we are consumed by anything other than you, Lord, we would come in repentance. Lord, if we're here this morning and we've never surrendered our heart and our life to Jesus, I pray this morning that we would do that. Father, I pray that there would be those who would call out to you and say, Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. I want that eternal life. And I realize from this scripture this morning, I can't get there and have that eternal life just by doing good. I need Jesus in my heart and in my life. I need to surrender everything I have and am to everything that he is. So I come this morning and I repent of my sin and I ask Jesus to come into my heart and save me and to help me to live for him all the days of my life. Father, if there's someone who's prayed something like that in their hearts and they meant that with all sincerity, help them to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, Lord, that they have surrendered their heart and their life to you, that they are now beginning on a new journey. And I pray, God, that they would come forth to profess that faith in Christ and then to get involved in Bible study and Sunday school and, and other ways, Father, that, that you would help them to grow in their faith and their walk with you. Lord, I pray your will be done in this invitation. May you be glorified and may you be honored. And Lord, uh, may we not leave this life saying about our lives one thing we still lack. Father, I pray that we would do everything we need to do, say all we need to say, and give all we need to give. Father, that we would surrender our heart to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we stand, as we sing our hymn of invitation, let Jesus come into your heart. Would you come this morning in this invitation? As we stand, as we sing, number 311. Tired of the blood of your sin, let Jesus come into your heart. If you desire a new life to begin, let Jesus come into your heart. Just now your doubtings give forth. Just now reject him, no 
it's for purity now that you sigh let jesus come into your heart fountains for cleansing are flowing nearby let jesus come into your heart just now your doubtings give now reject him no more just now throw open the door let jesus come into your heart if there's a tempest your voice cannot still let jesus come into your a void this world never can fill. Let Jesus come into your heart. Just now reject him. Just now reject him no seated for just a moment. This is Tammy Bain. She's been coming for quite a while now, so a couple, about a month and a half, three, how long? About four visits. About four visits, about a month. So uh, the Lord's been working in her heart and she wanted to come to rededicate her life to the Lord this morning and to join our fellowship uh, this morning. Uh, if you're excited for her decision this morning, would you just say amen? Amen. 
Amen. We're excited for you, Tammy, and just know that we're going to be praying for you. We're here for you, and uh, God's going to do some great and mighty things there. Uh, you can go ahead and have a seat there by Mark. and uh, Be sure we'll have, she'll come back up in just a little bit after we do our announcements, and at the end, you can come by and give her the right hand of fellowship and let her know how glad you are for her decision. So, uh, Brother Tommy, you will come and give our announcements. children's church so um, probably not going to preach a message but I want to share with you a quick verse um, if you can turn with me to the book of Acts and this afternoon is uh, our first share Sunday and I shared this uh, passage with the group of those who uh, last week who met and who are going to be going out this afternoon and so in Acts chapter 4 uh, Peter and John have been sharing the gospel and they have uh, been arrested and you know they've been threatened with their life and we see in Acts in chapter 4 that they, they ask God to give them more boldness and to God to consider the, the, the threats that have been made. And so it's always harder to find a verse when it's not your Bible. <laughs> and you know it's in the right place. But uh, let's see. But in Acts chapter, it's in Acts chapter 4, uh, verse uh, 30, sorry, Uh, verse 29, thank you. It says, And now the Lord looked upon their threats and grant to your servants to speak your word with all boldness. And so would you be praying for us this afternoon as we ought to share the gospel that the Lord would give us boldness and not worry about the circumstances or what people may say, what people may do, but that we would just be faithful to share the gospel. And so, uh, and I've looked at the radar and stuff. It looks like, you know what, from 2 o'clock to about 7 o'clock, there's no rain. It may be a little chilly, but that's okay um, because, you know, there's plenty of us who have sat outside some cold football games, right? And so surely we can go share Jesus in this. And so I just pray that you would uh, encourage us by praying for us and help us to be faithful to go do that. And if you would like to go, you can meet us back here at the church at 4. And so, but also coming up is our chili cook-off. But, and so we've added one thing this past week to the chili cook-off, and that is a People's Choice Award bake-off. And so this bake-off is for anyone who wants to sign up. It's next to the chili sign-up sheet. The bake-off will go, the money that's raised for the bake-off will go towards helping kids go into Centra Kid Camp. And all money that's raised for the bake-off will be just for Centra Kid campers. And it will be the same time as the chili cook-off. And so we'll have the chili competition where the judges will uh, have uh, their, they'll do the judging award, then we'll have the People's Choice Award for the chili, and also then the People's Choice Award for the Bake Off. And what the People's Choice Award is, whichever item gets the most uh, money donated towards it is the item that wins. And so you gotta watch out, because I think this, this is the first time Miss Samantha may go for the triple threat. <laughs> and go for the Chili Cook-Off Award, the uh, People's Choice Award, and both the Chili and the Bake-Off. So y'all got y'all's work cut out for y'all this year. So, but uh, other than that, that's all I have. Thank you. 
now that I actually have the microphone on, y'all be able to hear me. A uh, few prayer concerns that we have that are not on the on the list yet. Uh, Randy Alexander. Um, Imogene's son. Yeah, Imogene's son-in-law. Heart, heart issues. Heart issues. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, is is having some heart issues? Ask you to please remember him. Uh, Janet Carter is improving. She's not looking forward to using a walker, but she knows that that's what she's going to have to do to uh, return home, which is which is her desire. And um, Cindy Jordan fell and uh, broke some ribs and hurt her back, and she is in a lot of pain. So I just ask you to uh, add those to your uh, to your prayers. Um, anything else? Any other prayer concerns? Okay. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Holy God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the privilege of prayer. We thank you for coming to your, your house to worship. There are a lot of prayer concerns that we have, uh, that everyone has. We ask that you be with those. Uh, the ones we have mentioned, place a special hand of protection around them. Dear Lord, go with us as we go through the rest of the day and help us to return here tonight. In Christ's holy name, amen.